0: Hi, my name is Rory Canterbury. I'm going to be the host today on Archer Talk 101. And today we have a special guest with us today, uh, Christy Christensen, um, longtime friend. She also works at the Nebraska the Game and Parks. And we'll, I'll introduce here in a couple seconds, we'll ask some questions and uh, we'll get started. So welcome to the show, Christy. And uh, tell us a little bit about how you got started in archery.
1: All right. Well, thanks for having me, Roy. And I was kind of thinking how long we've known each other, and I think it's been at least like ninety-five, something like that, when we met through Oklahoma, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it's it's been a while.
1: It's been a while. (laughs) So, uh, oh gosh, how did I get started? Well, um, it's not too complicated. My dad was an avid um, bow hunter, and he was um, also a taxidermist, and he worked from home, and so. I just grew up around it it was like something you couldn't really avoid um and uh he was he bow hunted back in the day when that not a lot of people bow hunted at all so I mean it was a very small small group of people that uh, that did that at the time and so I kind of dabbled with it. I know I have a picture of me with my dad when I was about three or four years old shooting a bow in, in a, a friend's basement. <laughs> and so I did that and then um, kind of dabbled with it off and on. And I actually taught archery when I was a Girl Scout counselor every summer when I was in high school. Um, and we were just using the little recurves and things like that. And um, so I actually did that, but it wasn't until I was, I don't even remember how old I was at the time, Uh, but it was well on 30 years ago, and uh, I had been rifle hunting, we deer hunted, I really fell in love with it, and uh, then uh, some family members added, decided we were going to start bow hunting, and and really, the reason I started was I didn't want to get left at home again, (laughs) like, (laughs) they're going to go out, go hunting, and it's like, no, 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 I'm going to get a bow, and I'm going to start going because... I don't want to miss out on being out that only getting to hunt 10 days out of the year was not enough for me. And so I decided to start shooting and um, just fell in love with it, just fell in love with the challenge. Um, it was just just that being up in a tree stand, having things very, very close, and then got into competition. And that's when I met you, uh, was through Ahamo, and um, we're shooting um, 3D shoots almost every weekend. And uh, slowly just added in all our family members and the kids were shooting. We were all shooting and it was really a lot
0: of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, I got my kids into it as well. You know, all my kids went through starting off the little bitty five pound uh, uh, compound bow that pretty much wore out by the time I went through three kids, the two of my had, uh, and they would go shooting. And I know when I had my store, Uh, my, my youngest son, he would spend hours shooting in the range. He'd just go there and shoot for hours. And it was a lot of fun for him.
1: I was it. Yeah, those are great memories. And I really enjoy it. Now I have some granddaughters who I've already bought my five year old granddaughter when she turned five, she got a new bow. And uh, I've got to get her out in the field and start shooting with her. And I know I'm going to have several more hopefully following her footsteps as well um and my oldest son is really the one who's really took off and he does a lot of a lot of shooting a lot of hunting um, so most of the summer he spends you know at least at least one or two a month that he'll do a bow shoot and um and then it's been hunting really hard and heavy with it so and my husband as well so he and I have uh, been hunting together matter of fact he had never really shot a bow Uh, Until he met me, and uh, hadn't hunted with a bow. He did some upland bird hunting, but that was about it. And then when I met, I was actively, you know, competing then. And um, he just wanted to try it out. Says, "Well, let me shoot your bow." And I gave it to him. Second shot, he just drilled whatever he was aiming at. I just said, "Give me back my bow." And (laughs) and not too long afterwards, he had a bow in his hand, and we were hunting together. And uh we've been married uh twenty five years and been hunting together ever since so uh that's been a lot of fun and uh i'm I'm glad that he uh, joined me on that journey
0: yeah, that makes it a lot nicer when both of you can get in there and do something like that together and and it's a good thing to learn it's a good skill to learn you know something you can learn as a kid and it's lifetime skill that you might get a little rusty at it, but you don't forget it
1: exactly. And I think that's the best thing. I talk about that a lot when uh, I talk to people who are just starting out um, hunting or fishing or any of those things. And I always always say that you can sit in a stand and watch your children play football or uh, softball or whatever. And you can be in the stands and watch them. But the really cool thing about hunting is I can sit in a tree stand with my child and hunt with them. And so I'm actively participating with them on their journey. And I always thought that was a kind of a unique way to look at it. It's like, I'm not, I'm, I get to participate with them. And I think that part's really cool.
0: Yeah. I know. Kind of like the, the old statements, you know, um, you know, if you, hunt with your kids, you don't have to hunt for your kids. Cause you know where they're at. <laughs> very true. Very true. Yeah.
1: And I know, and I always laugh about like the life right. skill, the lifetime school because I, I I hope I can do this for the rest of my life. But you know, you learn things in school and sports and things um, that you won't do for a lifetime. I mean I've never ever had a rope in my garage where I felt like I needed to climb it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never doing that again. Yeah.
0: I couldn't do it very good when I was in school. So I sure can't do it now.
1: <laughs> definitely not definitely not. So um and then you, I know I was looking at some questions about how I got started with my career. Uh, prior to working for Game and Parks, I actually worked for the city of Papillion. And I worked there for 26 years, started there when I was, well, 12. I, I think that's how old I was. Um, <laughs> and I, I worked in the water distribution maintenance and uh, um, did just a very unusual job really for a woman not a lot of women uh, worked in that field and but I got involved with the uh, women in the outdoors program and becoming an outdoors woman uh, because I didn't know any other women that hunted I'll take that back I knew two and one of the gals that I knew was actually in her 70s and she bow hunted and other than that there wasn't a lot of women out there at the time again I'm talking 30 years ago um plus years ago when I started I you know there just weren't that many women that did that uh there was a couple in Iowa and I'm sure you knew them Nick and Elaine Brown had their own uh, bow shop over in Council Bluffs and I was asked by Elaine if if I could assist her with uh teaching a um an archery class at one of those events and I was just thrilled because that year prior to that, I had wanted to go to one of these events for years I had wanted to go and never had the opportunity to go. And the first opportunity I had to go to one, I went. And it was funny because in my my brain, I went to this event thinking all these women I was going to meet, I was going to meet all these hunters. And I got there um, and this was in Iowa. It was a winter bow. So we did a lot of winter type activities you know snowshoeing and ice fishing and snowmobiling and things like that but I also took a predator hunting class and again I thought I was going to meet all these mountain hunters and I only met like three women who hunted and I couldn't figure out why all these other women were there and by the end of the weekend I kind of figured it out it was about that empowerment and wanting to do something, um, on their own and to learn about it, uh, because, and it may not be, it may not be hunting, but it just, the whole fact of that outdoors and doing things and experiencing things together as a group, uh, and the other thing that I found out is so many women were like, I want to learn how to do this, but I don't want my husband to teach me, <laughs> uh, it, it, because we're all always patient people, you know, w- with a relative, you know, uh, sometimes you learn so much better from someone else. And so I attended that one. I signed up for another one in the fall. And then in the meantime, I taught that class and it lit a fire in me that I just went, I know what I want to do. And whether it was uh, for a career. Not really at the time it wasn't. It was, I just want to get involved because I want those women to find that outlet, what I was looking for. Um, and when I teach classes, I tell them I used to be you. I was that person that was just learning and didn't know anything. And um, so I met up with uh some folks with the Omaha Longbeards. So that was the National Alternative Federation, and it was the Omaha chapter. I was at a sports show and I walked up to the guys in charge. And I said, do you have a women in the outdoors uh, program? And the, the gentleman I talked to said, no, I, we don't, but we would like to. And I just stuck out my hand and said, well, I'm it. And (laughs) He's like, okay. And so that was in 2000 and we did our very first event. Well, I guess that was 1999, and then we did a very first event in 2000, and it uh, was the first event in Nebraska, and then after that, we were off and running, and we started it in, uh, in Omaha, and then we had, at one time, it had like eight or nine events in one year all over the state. And so that was really fun. So I got all of that experience of putting these events on and doing this. And it was just so awesome because I met so many amazing people um, all over. And then I got an opportunity at work to go to college and it just was like, Hey, why don't you, you know, they were reimbursing you for going to school. And, um, and what, what I was doing, so I ended up getting a degree in communications because at that time I did a lot of customer service uh, for uh, the city. And I, I don't know, it was just kind of <laughs> a funny thing how it all happened. But right after, not too long after I graduated, I found out about this job with, uh, with Game and Parks. And the job was we had just built a new, or we're in the process of sh- building a shooting range at Platte River State Park and they were looking for an outdoor education specialist to to get that up and running and then um, do outdoor education skills and i was checked all the boxes and i just stepped right into it they hired me and i've been here for 12 years now and doing programs and now all that stuff that i did as a volunteer i get to do a full-time career now so it is really t- took me full circle and i couldn't be more more blessed to have the job and to be able to do what I do
0: yeah, that's that's always nice when you're when you do something that you enjoy doing it's not really a job because you enjoy doing it whether you're getting paid or not the benefits you get paid
1: yeah <laughs> yeah and and sometimes we always we always laugh about you know be careful what you wish for because then sometimes it's you're so busy doing teaching other people that you're like, uh, I don't have time to do it for myself. So you have to make sure you carve out that time, uh, to make sure that you, you get to do it. And, uh, but my, my skills base has just exploded, not just from archery, uh, because now I'm a firearms instructor, um, in, uh, shotgun and rifle and handguns, uh, I'm a range safety officer. Actually, I'm a Uh, what do you call a chief range safety officer, so I can train others to be a range safety officer. Uh, So I have all those NRA certifications. I have my concealed carry now. Uh, I'm also a uh, certified uh, paddle sports facilitator and a um, kayak instructor uh so i did that and i've really uh ramped up my dutch oven cooking skills so apparently i'm in pretty high demand now uh to teach uh dutch oven cooking i actually did an event on monday for a group of uh kids uh with the uh um the easter seals and they were doing a camp and i came out and uh, so the kids got to uh uh put their hands in and and make make a meal and uh so Just, I'm, I'm busy, (laughs) I'm busy. Uh, So doing coaching classes with uh, um, archery, we started that at the Outdoor Ed Center in Lincoln. And so on Monday nights in the fall, when things kind of slowed down with some of our other programs, um, every Monday night, I think we did this for like four months. I think we started in October or November, it was November. So November, uh, December, January, and February, every Monday night, I had an archery coaching class. And what was nice about that class, is a lot like what you do, Roy, those folks who have their own equipment and they're kind of stuck um, and just need somebody to watch them shoot, give them some tips. And I just found that so much fun because sometimes it's those little, tiny, little um, tips that you give them. And it, and a lot of it, I'll catch like, well, I need you to bring your head forward, put your, you know, nose on the string, um, teaching them about follow through and not, you know, you let go. And I'm looking at where I shot the target. You know, that's a big (laughs) one. People like to lift their head and say, where did I shoot? Well, you're not done shooting yet. (laughs) You're not done shooting until that arrow hits that target. Do not try to find it. And, uh, and just little things that you would just add, um, anchor points, huge anchor point um, issue, uh, how I used to shoot back then, and someone, t- I don't even remember who it was that, that taught us um, a different style of anchor point And that just changed everything, even for us, uh, that we were learning. And so just those little bitty tips and, and you give them to them little bites at a time. Um, And it's hard not to throw everything at them at once, but it's like, okay, today we're just going to do this and then we'll come back. and, uh, And then even teaching the differences between how to shoot a recurve, your stance and everything is so much different than shooting a compound. Um, and folks were like, oh, well, I keep hitting the, my arm or I keep doing this. And it's like, well, cause you have to stand this way for this, this style and you have to do it this way for this style. So there's a big difference. And, um, once you get that dialed in and those people figure they get that aha moment, uh, like, oh my gosh, just that little thing changed so much in how I shoot. And I, I just think that's great, but it, it takes people like us you know, uh, to be able to do that because a lot of people don't know that, wow, I can find someone to show me how to do that. And I think what you're doing is absolutely fabulous because it's, um, most people are just, I don't know where to go. I have all this equipment and I don't know how to work on my bow. I don't know where to go. Um, and again, you know, we have so many, so many turnover and some of the stores, that you never know if you're going to get a professional, or is it just some guy who works in the other department and he's filling in today, you know I want to make sure I have a professional that i'm work, working with that knows what they're talking about and not steering me the wrong way
0: yeah, I know it's always nice when you take somebody that uh, I'm not shooting very well and you, you get them fixed up in a short period of time. I know one time uh, when i was uh, when I was working at Bassboro, this day come in. And struggling with it. And he had um, I think we had a 20-yard range and he was grouping oh maybe eight, eight-inch groups. I spent 45 minutes, now he had uh one and two inch groups. Yeah. One thing the draw link was too long and oh, shooting geez. all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it shortened his draw link, fixed his form. It's like, damn, he's nailing them. And yeah it's it's always nice when i know one time when i was at at cabela's uh um they had one of the bows that they said well we got to recall him because nobody's getting him set up right we set it up for me i took two shots stuck two arrows together john picked it up shot one inch circle six of them hit five of the six we set it for another guy he set it for like three people um besides me all just fine and we had two more of them. We said, well, let's set those up. See if there's really a problem or if it's just the people that don't know what they're doing, but they' uh-huh. let's do it. So there, we had nothing wrong because we knew how to set them up. Yeah, exactly. You know? And
1: that's what it takes. And, and, and then the sad thing, and I do have a story one time, you know, and I get a little nosy sometimes, you know, you try not to avoid it, but it's hard. Um, I was in one of the box stores that no longer sells any of this stuff anymore. Um But I'm in the box store, it's around Christmas time, and a gentleman came in and he talked to the person working there and he said, hey, my son has a bow and I want to buy him arrows for Christmas. And the first thing out of the the person that were the employee said, well, how big is your son? That was the question. And I was like, what does that have to do with anything? And, and he ended up selling him this, you know, these arrows and the whole thing. And the guy's walking out and I just couldn't help myself. I followed the guy through the store and I said, sir, you really don't want to buy those arrows. And I just told him, I said, you, ha-, and I explained to him why and what I said, if you want to buy him arrows, then you give him a gift card um, for him to purchase arrows, and you have him bring his bow to the store, so they can match, you know, uh, what he's shooting, his, his draw length, his weight, and I'm explaining this all to the guy, the guy's looking at me like, oh my gosh, I didn't know there was so much to, you know, that you need to know all of that, and I just kind of laughed, and I said, I just couldn't let you walk out of the door with those (laughs) arrows, and, uh, and they weren't cut, they weren't inserted, they weren't, uh, you know, and they were aluminum, and I'm just going, oh, yeah, you have no idea what you're talking about. So it's kind of hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it could be the wrong spine; they could break. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Not
0: having insert, it may not even know they're supposed to have an it it and Shoot it, you know. Right. It's It's not going to last. He's going to wreck the arrows. His first shot, if you don't yeah. have a tip in there, God so, forbid,
1: he'd blow up his bow. You know, in the oh problem. yeah, yeah, so
0: you need that weight of that tip
1: yeah and uh yeah. So i just i just had to i just like oh my gosh i just can't let this happen <laughs> no so.
0: well not only is it getting the wrong stuff but it could be a safety issue too
1: yeah
0: uh, Absolutely. and then you know you're actually protecting the store because if something would have happened they come in. And say, well this is what you told me needed and they sold the wrong stuff and yes you know so you know it's it can be a dangerous sport if you don't pay attention to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest thing I see is people come out and smacking their arm, you know, with a compound bow. So, hey, your drawing's too long. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you're hitting your arm, unless you do it on purpose, your drawing's too long because you got it stretched out. Doing it, your grip's uh-huh. wrong, your arms wrong, all kinds of stuff. So, um, we just, you know, that that's what I, you know. I started this podcast to help teach people, uh, you know, stuff. So I go through, you know, I've had ones on. Um, what do you do when you get to the store? And that's something I want to go to is, you know, what, what does a new archer want to look at? Brand new, never had a bow in his hand, gets this to, gets to the store. What should he know going to the store and what mm-hmm. should he look for once he gets there with the person selling it?
1: Yeah. And that, and that can be such a tough thing because usually, and I tell people, if the first thing out of that, employee's mouth is you need this bow you need to shoot this well then he doesn't care what you shoot he just is trying to sell you something and uh, so that's one of the things I tell him to look out for it's difficult to just walk into a store and then know Um, you, you one you need to be able to be able to spend the time in there because usually when they're busy They've got 10 other people in there. There's one person working in there in the shop to help adjust things. If they don't have that kind of time to spend with you, um, you could walk out of there being set up completely wrong. And I don't know how many times people have come to our house with their new equipment and we went, where did you get this? And who set you up? Because it didn't fit. It's not, it, you know, nothing about it was correct. And so that's that can be the hard thing. I guess my big suggestion would be. To go with someone who is um, experienced as an as an archer, uh, find a friend who is uh, to help you out, and then at least start with those basics. On that, like here, hand them a Genesis bow. Just so they can learn how to actually shoot, instead of throwing in this thousand-dollar compound bow in their hand and expecting them to know what to do and what to look for. And I think you need to start small and then work your way up. Doesn't mean you have to buy a cheap, you know, um, introductory bow, but you need to learn to shoot first. And I think that's a that's key. And uh, and if you can find a place, you know, like gaming parks, like we have, you know, we have. Um, places that you can go and learn how to shoot and kind of get that feel, take a class, those type of things. I think that's a better way to start. Um, and it doesn't mean, again, it's hard to find those. So something like your podcast is a great way for people to start.
0: Yeah. And some of the first questions I always like to ask them is, you know, what what type of archery you're looking at? You're looking at recurves, you're looking at the compounds and what do you want to do with it? Right. Uh, you know, are you intending to hunt? You want to just shoot target or just for fun? You know, I need to know what you're trying to do with it so I can have some idea where where to direct them. Correct. When I had my store, I I pushed new archers into the ready to shoot packages, the low end ones. Uh-huh. You know, like like when I was doing the like the Nova range, you know, they don't make those anymore. But you know, this is the low end bow, you know, in your, in your $500 range now. Because it gets you ready to go. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know the difference between them. And you know, I go to stabilizers. Well, they'll put on this this cheap stabilizer and shoot it. Put an expensive one. Can't tell the difference? Buy the cheap one. You, you know, yeah. later on you'll notice the difference, but right now sure. you don't know the difference. So buy the cheaper stuff. And you know, it's still good stuff. You I know people that have shot those for years. And, oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Oh. And one of the other things that, that I have told people, and I, I found this in a lot of equipment, um, you know, especially like, like shoes. Okay. I'm going to throw boots out there. You buy something like a pair of boots, a good pair of boots. Those things are going to last you 10 years. You know, they are. I mean, I have, I know I have shoes older than my kids, um, that I still have, but don't let $50 stop you from buying a better piece of equipment um because if i only spend twenty dollars on a pair of shoes or a pair of boots they're only going to last me a year if i spend an extra fifty dollars those boots may last me five to ten years and i and i look at that way with the same thing with the bow you have this and it's like well this is okay but this bow is like twenty dollars more but it's going to give you all these extra features depending on what you're planning on doing. If you're just playing around, plinking around the backyard, shooting for fun with your family, then then that $50 isn't that big of a deal. You know, you can buy the lower end one. But if you want something, you know you're going to hunt, you know you're going to do this, it's worth spending just a little bit more money to give you that, uh, a little more of a performance. Um, But I love those, the grow with you bows, the ones that are easy to adjust because, you know, especially with kids. And I, and I work with adults, mostly, mostly adult women. And we talked about the girl with you bows. And I said, well, you're not going to get taller. <laughs> That's not <laughs> the issue. The issue is building up that muscle and building up that muscle memory. Yeah, maybe you can only pull it. I had a, a young gal in my art, my coaching classes and she started out, she couldn't pull more than literally 18 pounds is all she could muster. And by the end of the, um, those four months we had her, and of course I would tweak it. We get done shooting and I would put like a quarter of a turn and we kept building up all the way through. She never even noticed. I said, and we won't do it until at the end of the day we threw on, you know, and maybe it was one pound. That was it. But by the end of that yeah. four mo- months, she was shooting 40 pounds and she was ready to hunt. And all she cared about was hunting turkeys. That was her goal. She wanted to shoot turkeys with her bow. And, you know, by the end of the season, boy, she was, I didn't even hardly have to work with her um, that last month because she was hitting paper. She was being consistent um, and really enjoying it. And uh, so, and she did, she got a nice bow. It was easy to work on, very easy to adjust. And um, so that was always nice because you can just keep tweaking it, keep tweaking it. And she's ready. She's ready to walk out the door. But with that said, so many people think I buy a bow, much like if I buy a rifle, I'm going to go sight it in and I'm done. I'm good. Well, that's not the case with archery. I know that. That it's constant. It's it's always, you can't just pick it up once a year and expect to be on uh, like you can. You sight in a rifle, you get it set, put it in your case, you're ready to go hunt. Uh, Not with a bow. You really have to continue to practice and 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 keep your skills up because it's easy to pick one up and then go, "Wow, I haven't shot in a while, I'm rusty, I'm sore <laughs> after shooting all of those things uh so it's important to keep practicing
0: yeah, it is that's and that's the fun part because uh uh shooting a bow, you get to reuse your ammo over and over and over, yes, you know once you get good enough to hit your target, you know especially not the carbon arrows you know, they, they last a long time. They do. I remember when yeah. I was shooting aluminums every year, I'd have to get a new set because they was just, they, they wouldn't group anymore.
1: No. And then we've got a little straightener thing. We're trying to straighten <laughs> everything out. And, um, and I always tell people that when it comes to like carbon and aluminum, and I always say they're either, they're either straight or they're bent. And with carbon, they're either perfect or they're broken. So right. it's kind of like <laughs> I would rather go with obviously it's broken instead of trying to work, you know, like why is this arrow not going and, and um, shooting the way it should? And because it's bent, so doesn't work that well. But the carbons are, yeah, they're great. They were and they last a long time and um, they are a good, uh, much better use of uh, material.
0: Right. And then, too, there's a little difference between the straightness tolerances. Um, I know when I had my store PSE come out with their hunter shafts, which was a seven thousand straightness, and I said, let me try them and see, you know, how they go. I was able to get them to group basically in the uh, five spot. You know, I, I get them to group in there where the comp ones, which is a one thousandth, uh-huh. I could routinely get them in the X ring. Now, you know, now the difference between a one and a seven thousandth straightness. And I always hunt with the straightest ones I get because you put a broadhead on it and, you know, I want, I want the best shot I can. You know, I'd rather target hunt with a lesser arrow than, um, you know, than hunting with one because I want to have, know that I'm going to hit that spot.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and That's a huge thing because if you, you get one and and we will go in um and mark the arrows put a number one on one and number two so that that way while you're shooting it's like you know that number three arrow never seems to land where i want it to land and then at least you know that you have an issue with that arrow
0: yeah Um, i actually did a podcast on that exact thing did you (laughs) yeah (laughs) i try to try to go through and you know pick things that they're going to be worried about concerned about you know any from shooting in the rain shooting in the wind uh, I just try and cover everything that a new archer would would want to learn or need in, in this podcast, and you know that's why it's nice having you on here because you know you have a lot of experience, and there's there's just so much that we can learn from each person. You know, we all have coaches. Oh yeah. You know, you know, you're you're a coach, but yet you still have a coach. So, oh, definitely. Because it's definitely. hard to see. It's hard to fix your own problems and. Uh, nice thing now with the videos, you can play them back, and it's like, oh man, I need to work on that. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, you walk in the video and you watch your own. It's like, what am I? I'm doing that. You know, but it's hard <laughs> to look at yourself and do it. in and it's always nice to have somebody else look at it. You know, that's why you know we all need a coach. Yeah. You know, every athlete has a coach, no matter what level they are. You know, you get your top sports athlete, they have a coach. Yes. You know, because it you can't do it on your own you got to get somebody you need to get some help and um i know what what you're doing there is is helping out a lot of uh, kids and adults mm-hmm. uh, i don't know any any other states where they're doing some programs like that but uh, uh somebody that's out of state would they be able to come in and join in oh yeah in your programs
1: yeah absolutely um it's open to anybody um you know, we, we, focus on the women's classes, at least we do uh, with it, but uh, we try really hard to do, we have a lot of youth programs too, especially at the Outdoor Ed Center in Lincoln, um, and then we travel around, you know, our big thing is try to get that spark lit, and then uh, hopefully we can uh, get them into uh, doing these programs, but we need more of me out there, <laughs> We mean, a lot more of me out there, because it's hard to do, you know, I would love to do it, more and more um but we need the facilities and we need the staff uh we're struggling this year with our staff out at the shooting ranges um at uh, so we've had to reduce our time but we have been focusing a lot with our naturalist programs across the state so now you can go to um uh, shadron state park and they've got an archery range and they're open to the public and they do programs there uh, Ponca State Park has a really phenomenal shooting range area and uh, but it's um, when they have their programs and they're open and they're teaching uh, I know we're trying to really focus on uh, the center of the state Grand Island Kearney that area we don't have a lot of uh, things in that area Uh, we do have uh, well Grand Island's got the big um, Heartland shooting park and that's run by the city and I do know that they have quite a bit of programs. I don't know what all that they offer, uh, but we're building ranges across the state, so people have places to go, places to shoot and so that's that's been a big mission of ours is to get that out there. but uh, um, getting that one-on-one introductory classes, uh, we're trying really hard to uh, increase those programs.
0: Yeah, now, if they wanted to get a hold of you, how would somebody get a hold of you?
1: Oh, they can email me. Uh, So it's Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y dot Christensen. And that's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-S-E-N at Nebraska. And that's spelled out dot G-O-V. So that's the email. Um, And uh, they can always call. It's 402-471-5547.
0: Okay, I, I'll put a link in the description so they can just click on that and, and go to, to email you and, yep. and, and put your phone number in there as well. There uh, you go. So and another,
1: Yeah, and another way they can find some of our programs, especially our Becoming an Outdoors Woman, um, we have a Facebook page and it's Becoming an Outdoors Woman Nebraska. And then once you pull up that page, you just look at the events and it'll show um, all the events that we're having. Uh, we do our big annual event in October and that's a three-day weekend. We flip flop between uh, Ponca State Park and Fort Rob. Uh, I know the Ponca one uh, filled up like in March, <laughs> so and we're talking about a hundred women that attend that event. So uh, it's very popular. And uh, then we started doing the Beyond Becoming an Outdoors Woman, and the Beyonds what they are. They're usually a one subject. Uh, one day event Um, so I do a summer shooting series out at Plant River State Park and uh, we start that in May we do three weeks of archery then three weeks of handguns and then three weeks of shotguns and so tonight is the start of our shotgun class And then we'll start this again and and then we'll start offering some of those classes out at uh, the Outdoor Ed Center in Lincoln. But almost every week there are classes, um, archery classes there uh, for kids, for adults, uh, and then and just women's classes as well. So um, there's lots of opportunities out there. Um, And that one is located on 44th and Superior in Lincoln.
0: Okay, Yeah, I think I I found, looked it up, uh, becoming an outdoor woman group. I got a couple, some ladies in kayaks. Yes. That, okay. Yeah. I'll put a, I'll put a link to that group in the description as well. Make it a little easier for people to find. There you go. Uh, to get here, you know, just try and get people involved in this. And um, I know it's 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 a good program. And uh, anybody that's interested, definitely check it out. And if you're not around the Nebraska area, then check with your local game and parks or uh, DNR or whoever handles that stuff. They may have a program, and if they don't have them get a hold of Christy, start one. <laughs> we'll
1: start one, <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, we'll start one.
1: <laughs> we're working yeah. on it, we're working on it, we're trying to yeah. get to meet more. And I know, like I said, that we're kind of focusing on that Carney central Nebraska area because there just really isn't a whole lot. Um, I know, um, we have one of our colleagues is out at North Platte and. We, she just got hooked up with a skills trailer so she's getting more equipment out there and doing programs and uh so we're really focusing on these because there's just not enough um you know people are always looking for that education and and learning how to do things and um and then the other way that you can find it is, is join a join a shooting club join you know uh clubs like uh golden arrow um that's out in omaha and uh Um, Prairie Bowman is in Lincoln and there's archery clubs all over the state. And most of the people who are in those clubs are so willing to teach and pass on uh, their experience and their knowledge as well, because we want to see the sport grow, continue to grow, uh, because it is, uh, it's such a, a fun thing to do. And you can go from very, very primitive to all the way up to, you know, whatever level you want to be at. Um, I think that's that's fantastic. I would love to literally shoot a recurve a lot, but that that takes a lot of. You know, you want to talk about getting in the weeds and um, very primitive and a lot of practice, a lot of technique, it's not an easy thing to be a really good recurve shooter. And when I meet those folks that are are good at that, and and of course, they tease us that shoot, you know, training wheels on our bows. (laughs) (laughs) so but it's like you know i'm accurate and i'm 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 pretty good at it uh i'm gonna stick with that because i don't have the time uh or the dedication for you know doing that primitive shooting but it would be a whole lot of fun so i am going on a bow fishing trip next week so uh a week from yesterday, I guess, yeah, we, yeah, so next Tuesday, I'm going to be on a boat, uh, boat fishing, and I am so excited, I haven't done it in a long time, and, uh, we're going to go up by, uh, the, um, on the dam there at Gavin's Point Dam, and I'm going to be shooting some fish, so I'm excited about that, <laughs> I cannot yeah. wait to get out
0: there. Yeah, I haven't done bow fishing in a while, um, I, I use a recur for bow fishing, uh, just because when I get a compound in my hand, you know, I go back anchor points, you know, kiss your butt and peep, you know, sights. I can't do that bow fishing. And when I get a, a recurve in my hand, I look at the target, instinctively shoot it, draw back, and shoot. Yep. But I I just can't transition that mentality into the compound. It's a different weapon. I shoot them differently. You know, uh-huh. different mindset. When I pick up one bow, it's my mindset's one way. Just like when you pick up a handgun or a rifle or a shotgun. They're all shot differently. They are, they are so uh, you know, there's different techniques, just like a recurve and a longbow and a compound are all different. Um, even crossbows, you know, a little, mm-hmm. little bit different on that. Um, you know, like you say, you know, the traditional archers, you know, think we had training wheels, and then a lot of the compounds, like, well, you're cheating using a crossbow. And I was, my definition of archery is a stick with a string, flinging another stick. Does it uh-huh. fit that category it's archery
1: it's archery yep that's it's archery and I, yep and I tell people you know what you do you 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 do what you um works for you and what you want to do I'm not I don't want to ever get into that a big argument about oh you have to do this you have to do this you know what if you're out there and you're shooting and you are uh, respecting the sport and as well as respecting the animals that you go after to me that's 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 fantastic. And and again I agree with you. If it's a stick a string and it, it's shooting a stick, you're shooting archery. In whatever yeah. form you have to be doing, you know. Yeah. And uh I mean my little boy when he was 3 years one of my boys but um <laughs> the one he'd come to the 3D shoots when he was 3 and he's shooting this little Nerf bow and standing like 10 feet in front of the target. He was so thrilled to hit that target, you know. That that's all he cared about. And uh, so we had just a little Nerf bow that he was using but you know, uh, it's funny to watch them shoot now and having kids of their own. And um, so that's that's a pretty neat thing. And it, it's nice to know that you had that influence on them and grew up to do that.
0: Yeah, I know when I was going to 3D shoots, you know, my kids, they were shooting like a five pound bow and it wouldn't stick in a lot of targets. So if it's stuck in a target, you know, in the eight ring, 10 ring, wherever it was, they got that point. But if they hit it and bounced off, I still give them five points. Oh yeah, because yeah, they had the target. You, you can't help it. You and they would get up close enough that they could hit the target. You know, I didn't care where the sticks was as long as they're close enough to hit the target. Uh, two reasons: one, so they hit it, and the second reason is I have to go look for arrows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, it's been uh, nice talking to you. there's a lot of good information that uh, I know everybody that's listening is going to get out of this. And I just wanted to thank you for being on the show.
1: Oh no, I appreciate you having me. And I'm excited about your thing. I just signed up for your Facebook page. So I'm on. Um, I'm going to be following that. And I'll be passing that along to some of the graduates from my program. You know, when they're uh get done. I know the last archery class that I had, I had two people that bought bows. And almost almost every class that I have, somebody is purchasing a bow and getting started and the one gal she's just oh she's so excited and um i ran into them and uh and they were like yeah we got a new bow and so she goes we'll be back we'll be back and and they actually live in the lincoln area so she's going to be doing my coaching classes um coming up yeah. and uh i know they're still doing them now uh, we have a well curtis uh snyder and i'm sure do you know curtis He's in the Lincoln uh, area, so you might not, but.
0: Yeah, I, I've probably met him because I've met a lot of archers if they've been around for a while.
1: Yeah, uh, Curtis was a big crossbow shooter there for a while. I know he was a, a rep for one of the crossbow companies uh, for quite a while, and I'm sure we probably met him at at some of those, but he works at the Outdoor Ed Center. And we get a lot of retired folks that work there that have been shooting for, a long long time and boy those people are are gems to have uh to come and work you know it's like what a great job to retire and just like oh i'm just gonna hang out at the archery range and teach people how to shoot and, and and it's great to have someone like that but he's an expert and very very good at what he does and uh, so anytime you know you have your own equipment you get ready to buy it go there and take some classes so
0: yeah it's always always nice uh to be able to be personally one on one, you know, actually physically there. Uh, but what I found is right now, a lot of people don't have anything access to them quickly.
1: Right. You know,
0: they might be three hours from the closest archery shop. And, and that's why I started uh, my online coaching program associated with the, the Facebook group, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we can teach you. And I have them set up so that uh, you're going to record yourself shooting and upload the video to me and I'll review it. And then on our live call, will actually uh, be one-on-one and we can actually help you out and actually watch you shoot. And, you know, it's not as good as being there, but it's Nick's best thing, especially with gas prices. Yeah, you don't right. have to drive nowhere.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just set up a target in your basement.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. I, I'm just I'm just glad I have a place to shoot at home. So that makes it nice.
0: Yeah, I I've, I've got a target set up outside I shoot at and then I also have one in my basement when I was doing some of my videos down there. I guess it's windy and rainy i'm not shooting outside if i don't have to
1: <laughs> well you know so, you don't live too far from us so if you need some place yeah. to do some shoot further than 20 yards you can come over <laughs> you have an open invitation
0: okay i'll have to take you up on that one of these days <laughs> and we'll okay. get together and and uh, do some shooting and do some videos too
1: <laughs> yeah no that sounds great
0: okay um I'll put some links into the description as well for the Archer group, the Archer Talk 101 group in there so you can join that group real easy. Okay. And then I'll put a link in the description for the ArcherTalk101.com site. That one I use for um I upload all my videos, the podcast will go there. Any videos I create go up there as well as any products that I might have to review or I use any of my videos. I'll put links so you can go out and buy them. It's a you know, buy them on Amazon. It's an, it's an affiliate link, so I do make a little bit off it, but it, it helps you save a little bit of time finding the parts. That because I've kind of went through some of them, I know what's good and what's not. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, don't forget, you know, to, to sign up and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of these nice little things here. So I will do uh, that. <laughs> yeah, and, and watch them, and I, I have them posted out to Spotify as well as several other different uh, places. Uh, so you can just go there if you have a Spotify account and look them there. And I'll leave a link to the Spotify um, page of my my uh, podcasts, so you can make it easy to find them there. Right. And once again, I'd like to thank you, Christy, for being on this show. Uh, my name is Roy Canterbury, if you didn't remember. And I've been the host here on Arch Talk 101 with my good friend Christy. So thanks for listening or watching. And uh, we'll see you next week. All right.
1: Thanks. Have a great day.
0: Yeah, you too.